Listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and an Artward, a human serviette radio show going back and correcting 88.5 cable. Today on an Artward, a human serviette radio show, interviews with Don Cherry and a bit of Ron McLean from Hockey Night in Canada. Interviews also with, or more, I should say, uh, South by Southwest street scene that I encountered. Yes, more stuff from South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. I just couldn't believe how much stuff actually happened down there. I was walking down the street and I bumped into Jared from the Black Lips and Katie from the Vivian Girls and Ben Rayner, the photographer, not the journalist from Toronto. They share names and they also, I think, share emails with each other. And I caught something on tape with them all. And you're going to be hearing some of that. So some black-lipping, some Vivian girling, and some Ben Raynering, as well 
as probably some stuff added with Tech Nine, who was through Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and a couple other things perhaps on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Um, right now. To get you ready for Don Cherry, I thought I would play the official theme song from, if you're wondering exactly what it's from, the 1976 Canada Cup that Don Cherry was a coach of. And then an interview with Don Cherry. And a bit of Ron McLean on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. So this is Come On, Let's Play Hockey, the French version. And then an interview with Don Cherry on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. C'était le bon vieux temps du hockey d'antan On se croyait déjà champion I guess I have permission to fade it out rather quickly because it was pointed out to me by Lloyd, who just joined me, Beppy, in the studio right now, that I didn't fully identify exactly what I began the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show with. And that was, in case you're wondering, Phil Esposito and the Ranger Rockers. Phil Esposito singing as well John Davidson, Ron Duguay, Dave Maloney, and Pat Hickey. Phil Esposito and the Ranger Rockers with It's Puck Rock and the Hockey Sock Rock on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show. And coming up shortly, an interview with Don Cherry. Now, back to the official theme song from the Canada Cup 1976, which Don Cherry was a coach from. Je les gars, oh je les gars Montrez-nous du vrai hockey Gagnez les gars, gagnez les gars Montrez-nous les gars Du vrai hockey Comme tous les copains Je rêvais d'être étoile, le plus grand marqueur de but. Mal foutu que j'étais en patin rouillé, mon chandail à moitié décousu. Mais pour nous c'était le rêve qui comptait, on se foutait de la réalité. Parce que tous les gars du monde entier sont passés par ce moment de fierté. Oh je les gars, oh je les gars Montrez-nous du vrai hockey Gagnez les gars, gagnez les gars Montrez-nous les gars Oh je les gars, oh je les gars 
was young and we thought we had it made It didn't matter much if our sweaters matched All that counted was the way we played Now the game has changed, it's grown a lot But I still get that feeling inside So here's from a guy who lived it all I hope you get that feeling called pride Come on, let's play I'm Donald S. Stewart from Kingston, Ontario. Don Cherry, welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Well, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. It should be a great game tonight. Right off the bat, I'd like to give you a gift. Oh, a gift. A gift. This right here is from the 1976 Canada Cup. Holy smokes, look at that. It's the theme song for the Canada Cup. Well, I don't even know what it was. I know I was one of the coaches back then. Yes, exactly. I don't see my picture, but I know. Well, isn't that nice? It's come on, let's play hockey. All right, well, I'll have to listen to it back in the hotel room. And I guess I was wondering, Don, what was your advice to Sittler? You gave some very special advice to Sittler to score. That was a funny story. I was sitting up with Al McNeil. And we were like the observers, and uh, Sammy Pollock. Sammy Pollock was the smartest man that was ever, ever in hockey. And I said, you know, I noticed that Drazilla, the Czech goalie, comes a way out. Well, like uh, a Thomas comes out a way out. Only this guy came out more. So I said, you know what the players should do? They should just hesitate, go around and slide it in. So Sammy Pollock says, what are you telling us for? Go down and tell the players. So I went down and asked Scotty Bowman, can I tell? And I went in and I said, look, he comes out, hold on to it, go sideways, slide it in. I'll be a son of a gun. Settler goes down, fakes the shot, go sideways, slide it in. I was the most surprised guy in the whole building, but that's how we won. 
And now I can relive that memory with song. By God, it'll bring back memories. Don, here we are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And speaking of coaching, Mike Gillis. Did you coach Mike Gillis of the Canucks? Yeah, he was in uh, Colorado. He was a number one pick, and he was, a, he was a good player. When you're number one pick, you have to be a good player. Has he asked you for any advice now that he's a kind of coach himself, GM? No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't asked me yet for any advice. I guarantee you that. Don Cherry, speaking of records and stuff... What can you tell the people about this right here? Rock'em, sock'em, techno. Holy Moses. That was a pretty good one, too. I'll tell you, I had that going. Uh, my son did that, and we put it together, and we had a lot of fun doing it. Do you remember any of the lyrics at all? Uh, I, I'm kind of coming back. Hockey, hockey, what I am. Hockey, hockey on the lamb or something like that. That's the way it went anyhow. We'll give you a little help here. He could dangle. He could score. Who else? But Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr. Boy, you're bringing back memories now. And you could do some good dancing. Like That video was incredible, wasn't it? Those girls and everything. And you dancing? I haven't seen it in a long time, but it was pretty good. I know that. Don, speaking of Bobby Orr, Bobby Orr had a record, didn't he? Bobby, I've never seen this one either. Greatest hockey player who ever lived. You saw him in the Gardens last uh, last game. He was unbelievable as a player. Nobody could touch him. <clears throat> what I was wondering particularly about this record and about Bobby Orr is, what is Bobby Orr wearing? Is he wearing socks? Is he wearing underwear? You said that Bobby Orr did not wear underwear. Yeah, he wore underwear, but he didn't wear socks. He was the only hockey player I know of for some reason. I asked him about that, and I said, uh, how come? He says, well, one day when I was playing junior, I forgot the socks. He says, I put them on, felt good, so I left them off. Don Cherry, I have another record to show. You can put those ones down for a sec. Right here, I guess I was curious. Yes, yeah, so what is that view? What is that view? I was curious. What is that view that Bobby Orr's have? I think this here is from a uh, hotel room that he had in uh, Perry Sound when uh, he had his hockey school. So that's what I think that was, and that's in the Boston Gardens. And Don Cherry, what about Phil Esposito? Was he a good singer right here. The Ranger Rockers. <laughs> Dugay and oh look at there. There's John Davison the goaltender too and Phil. I, well I think uh, Pat Hickey and I don't know who the other guy is but anyhow they were this this one that was really a good one. Did you ever hear Esposito sing at all? Yeah and he's pretty good. Like most Italians he can sing. But how does he compare to say somebody well let's just say like Johnny Bauer right oh, here. Yeah, the duck hey the goose or the Christmas goose. Honky the Christmas Honk the Christmas goose. Johnny Bauer what a great guy. He'd give all the money I think this uh, to charity. What a guy he is. And I can on. Rick Vive did the penalty box blues. I never heard of this one before. Rick Vive did this one? Yes, he did the penalty box blues. He wasn't in the penalty box. I don't understand that much, but I'll take your word for it. Never heard of this one. Well, we love him for the Vancouver connection. Yeah, that's true. He was he got 50 goal scorer for Toronto first one. And also Rick Vive, didn't he wear a horse collar like a special collar? He wore a visor, he wore a collar and I th I forget what else. There was only a little piece of his ear showing when he played. Don Cherry, I interviewed Alex Burroughs a little while ago. Oh, Alex, yeah, he's a good guy. And I gave him a gift of this record right here, the theme song to the Vancouver Canucks from 75-76. Holy smokes, I can name all these guys. That was a pretty good hockey team back then. Uh, Phil Maloney, Gary Smith, that was a good team. And I asked him to learn the song, and he said he would sing the song for me. And did he? No, I haven't had a chance to follow up. Well, he'll do it. He's a pretty good guy. But speaking of the players, I want to ask you about this player right here, Chris Odlovson. Yeah, Chris 
Chris Osden, they got him from, uh, he came from Boston. They had a trade from, uh, I think it was Bobby Schmatz, I think, the trade. And that's what I was wondering about. I heard that at one time, Terry O'Reilly chased Chris Odlinson around the ring. Do you ever remember that? I don't remember, but I know he chased an awful lot of guys. And if I had been Odlinson, I would have run around too. Now, Don Cherry, there's been some talking about biting and stuff, and you talked on TV the other day about getting bit. Who bit you, Don Cherry? I can't remember. Uh, I don't know his name, but I know I remember I did a pretty good number on him after, and I bit somebody a couple of times, too. We used to do it back in those days. Who did you bite? I can't remember, but he tasted good. Now, I was wondering, speaking of taste and family, etc., what can you tell me about my great-great-cousin, Eric Nestorinko? Eric Nestorinko, what a, um, what a player he was. He was a, a penalty kid. Killer. He was supposed to be the Toronto. He played for Toronto Marlboros, and I played against him in junior. And he was supposed to be the uh, sensational goal scorer, but he wasn't. He ended up a penalty killer, and uh, he was an excellent penalty killer. And he lasted a long time in the National Hockey League. Did you ever play against him? Because I noticed you played one game in the playoffs, and he was in the playoffs quite a bit. No, I played... Uh, Somebody I, aiming for us right there, Don Cherry. We, we had a better end of this. We're going to get killed. No, uh, the, uh, I played against him in junior. He played for the Toronto Marlboros. So no interaction at all? In no. the NHL. What was he like in the Marlboros? He was really good. He was supposed to be the answer to Belleville. Winding up here, Don Cherry, I was asking you about goalies and stuff. Well, I'd like to ask you about some goalies. Tim Thomas, when he checked Sedin like that, when he body checked him, have you ever seen that before at all? Billy Smith used to do that all the time. Everybody knows uh, he he's little Lord Fauntleroy compared to Billy Smith of the Islanders. But how will we turn it around? Do you remember Tiger Williams ripping Billy Smith's chain off? Well, I remember everybody used to go after Billy, but it'd always end up on the bottom with Billy because he had that big stick. Now, ripping off the chain, that's pretty daring. Tiger. Uh, yeah, that's bad doing. That's bad news doing that. Don Cherry, the last time that the Bruins won the cup, they were called the Avengers. I don't remember this. I always thought they were the big bad Bruins. Now, on the back, I want to ask you something. I don't know if you can read that right there where it says, listen... Right listen there. To Bobby or listen, listen oh, to yeah. listen to Derek as he tells about frightening hours at the as the airport and how he escaped dressed as an airline mechanic. Yes, I was wondering about that. Derek Sanderson, an airline mechanic. It was the first time he ever worked in his life. Boom! Yeah, boom! Ba boom! Boom! Did he do lots of pranks like that? No, he did a lot, but that's the kind of guy he was. He had a lot of fun. Don Cherry, winding up here. Ron McLean is not here right now. Did he? Oh, is he around? Right up there. Oh. Down there watching. Oh, let's get him. To, Ron, can you come in for a sec? Can you bring? Uh, do you have the power to bring Ron down here at all? He's coming for you. Uh, what can you say about Ron as he walks down there? What sort of powers do you have over oh, Ron? He's a nice guy. I've carried him now for 25 years, and uh, what would he do? Here he comes down. You notice he's not wearing a shirt and tie, looking good like me, but he can talk. Let him take over from now. Go ahead. I thought it was Nevin Markward. He thought you were Nevin Markward. He didn't have it quite right. Baboom. Yeah. Ron, um, welcome to the Nardward Human Serviette Radio Show. Thank you again, Don. And just lastly here, just winding up, I want to ask you, Ron, is it true that you brought your Genie Award to a bar and gave it away to a random patron? Absolutely true. Yeah, I, I don't keep any of those. It was uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Grapes always said Lawrence of Arabia. Never kept any of the awards or the medals he won, and I, I always thought that was a good thing. But was that a bar? Can you please explain a bit more? I've heard well, this legend. I do it sober too. If you're if you're wondering if I do it when I'm drinking, I give a lot of stuff away when I'm drinking. You got a free round out of it. Yes, though, that's all I he did. And lastly, you're doing right. Well, yes, and don't leave yet, Ron, because I have a gift for both of you guys at the end here, right here. This is a special gift, another gift for you guys. If you want to open it up there, okay, I'll. Open. Because we know you love the Leafs. Oh, Frank Mahalovich. 
There you are. <laughs> no relation to Lalongo or Bieska. When I was running, all my hockey secrets, the curse of Frank Mahovlich. That's it. He's the guy when he went to Detroit. He said they're never going to win a cup. Now, has that been cursing you guys? Because how much do you really like the Leafs? Why do you like the Leafs? Uh, I grew up a Leaf fan because my mom was uh, J.C. Trombley in Montreal. So I, it just made sense to have someone to bet against. And that's how I got to be a Leaf fan. Have you ever heard this? What about these instructional records? What do you think uh, about I them? I never listen to them. I only listen to myself. I'm smarter than them. The Canada Cup theme song you will listen to. I gave this as well to Don right off the bat. The Canada Cup theme oh, song. Good show, yeah. You know, I wish I could find the uh, the homage in here. This this You've probably read this whole thing on Bobby Orr. So what do you see there, Ron? Well, I think it's the greatest homage ever written. It's Dick Grace wrote this about Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr's talents are lofty and bright, a subtle shaft of wit and a keen glance of intellect which has intuition and a deep spring of human action mixed with respect for others tempered by rare humility. He also has a single grace of style, a singleness of purpose to his profession. It's a real man who skates under the number four. I didn't know Eddie Shore, Babe Ruth, the Four Horsemen, and so many others, but I do know the best. Bobby Orr. Only once. And you know your hockey records. Yeah, I love this record. Well, thanks so much, Ron and Don. Lastly here, Don, is there any way that your tailor can make me a hat? No, but I like your hat, and if I might get one made like that. You look beautiful. Because I really do need another one. Thank you. I really need another one. Can your tailor help me out? Because you have a special tailor. I'll do the best I can. Well, thanks so much, Ron McLean and Don Cherry. Keep on rocking in the free world, and do 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 Bomb, bomb. Yeah. <laughs> do do <laughs> <laughs> Good show, Nardwar. <laughs>
And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And you just heard right there, Rock'em, Sock'em, Techno by Don Cherry. And before that, an interview with Don Cherry with guest appearance by Ron McLean. Right now, going to play a couple records that were mentioned in the interview. Going to play something by Rick Vive, the Penalty Box Blues, and in a few selections from the Avengers record, celebrating the Boston Bruins' last cup victory. Last Stanley Cup. Last ever Stanley Cup victory. Right now, here's Rick Vive with the Penalty Box Blues on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Go. 
Congratulating their goaltender. The 1972 hockey season has ended with the Stanley Cup returning to Boston. Johnny Busick will take the Stanley Cup for the ceremonial skate around the Madison Square Garden and listen to these fans as they cheer the victors in this 1972 Stanley Cup series. Johnny Busick skating around Madison Square Garden with the Stanley Cup and now goes to the Boston dressing room where the bubbly will be consumed from the top of that Stanley Cup. Westy, how did you feel? I don't quite know how to say it except that you got to have the luck to win. These are two great hockey teams out there tonight and it was just a matter of which team was going to get a couple more breaks than the other one. Uh, we managed tonight and our goaltending was, was tremendous. Uh, I've got to give all the credit to Jerry Cheevers. Eddie Johnston. Just uh, fantastic, fantastic. We got a great game out of my, my partner. He's played great all year and uh, I was just happy that he came up with the big game for tonight and ended up tonight. Just great. Kenny, how does it feel? Oh, just fantastic. Words, words couldn't even describe it. Jerry Cheevers. Our defense was great tonight. It's been great all year, believe me. Shaky, congratulations. Bobby, for BZ Radio in Boston, uh, tell us about the, the two goals that won the game tonight. Well, I, lately, or especially this last few games, I haven't been on the power play, I haven't been my shot through, so I was really trying to just get the shot through, and uh, it did go through. <laughs> and on the second one, Cash deflected it. I used to hang in the corner and that deflected the puck in. John McKenzie, congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. Feeling, isn't it? Wow, wow, I'll <laughs> Great. Big D, congratulations, Dallas. How are you? I'm fine. How's it feel to win her again? It feels a hell of a lot better than last time, because we were playing a better club, and uh, we had to play better clubs all year. John Marcotte, good series, boy, I'll tell you that. Oh, it's nice to win. Especially after you said nobody could beat him. Oh, been right in here in New York. Oh, beautiful. Carol Vadney, how's it feel to be a member of a Stanley Cup winner? Listen, it's just unreal. I mean, you know, I won it once with Montreal, but I mean, this one is way different. This one, I played every shift and everything, so I'm just, I'm just so happy. I, I just can't explain myself. Garnet, congratulations. Thank you. Good series. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Oh, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> a little nonchalant, huh? Yeah, it's, it's great. It's really great. Excuse me, excuse me just a second. John? celebration for John Busick. Derek Sanderson, how you feel right now? Good, very good. Oh, yeah. We did our job. We came through. We won the Stanley Cup for the town, and that's the good part of Boston, right? We bring the cup back to Boston. We did. Now, it's back in Boston. I even got a Boston accent now. <laughs> Ed Westfall is here. Played a big part in this series. A very big part. Ed, congratulations on the Stanley Cup victory. Oh, Rob, hey. Just super. What do you say, right? Oh, I just think that the summer is going to be a lot better than it was last summer, let me tell you. <laughs>
The celebrating continues. The noise gets louder. High above Logan Airport, an Eastern Airline charter flight makes its approach. It's 2.30 in the awning, and the Bruins little realize what lies before them. Thousands of fans acting more like a demolition crew than a welcoming committee for the returning heroes storm the terminal. time in my life I was frightened to death. I happened to be behind Leo Monahan, you know, writes with American, and and he, he's not a young man, but he's not an old man, but he was being pushed around like unbelievably, because I made the mistake of going out with Bobby Orr. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. And uh, I couldn't believe it, and I guess they did a lot of damage at the airport, I don't know, but I walked almost all the way to the Sumner Tunnel through eastern hangars and everything, and then came back around to get my car, and then they started pounding on my car and punching it and and punching me. Uh, somebody stole my wristwatch and my suede coat, and it was wild. I, I appreciate the fans being, uh, you know, rabid and enjoying the victory as such as we, we had in New York, but to that extent, I think uh, was too much. Uh, they scared us. I think there wasn't a guy in our team that wasn't a little afraid last night. What are your reactions, Derek? I understand there's quite a story connected with the way you got out of there last right, night. Right, I went to the, I was on the plane. It was the last one off. Johnny McKenzie and I thought it over. Vice says, Derek, I'm making a dash, right? And we get a hold of the state troopers to get me out here. I said, listen, fight, go ahead, fight it. I'm not gonna. I said, I'm gonna sit on the plane, right? And they closed the door brought up a catering truck, opened up the other door. They, I changed clothes. I jumped in on an Eastern Airlines maintenance mechanics outfit, put on the Eastern Airlines cap, jumped down on the ground. Nobody noticed me. I just walked through the crowd. I had a few people that were hanging around. And uh, then I jumped into an Eastern Airlines truck, and they took me back to the hangar, and I stayed in the hangar. And then about an hour later, I left the airport. Right? Then I went home. So you had no trouble at all, really? No, none. I never saw a soul. And the beat goes on. The frivolity continues. The charisma of the Causeway Street Crusaders carries over into the office of the mayor of Boston. We just wanted one moment, if we could, just for a second. I, I want to present, on a serious note, just while I think we thought we'd do three symbolically for the team. But there is a serious moment to all of this, and we had special medallions made up for the team that... Uh, uh, will never be given again in this city because these men have done something that's singular and a distinct honor. And we've asked three players to accept them and I just ask your attention for, for these three presentations and then you can do all that you want. But I thought the one that deserved it first and I'd like to present it to is to John as captain of the team and the great leadership that he gave us.
of a fellow who's been a friend of mine, <laughs> someone who I have great... <laughs> The mayor just poured a pitcher full of water over John McKenzie's head. And from the city hall balcony, safe from the crowds, more thousands of them, the stout-hearted men talked to their subject. played and Stanley was home. The Avengers had triumphed. still listening to CITR FM 102 Cable 88.5 and the Nardwar the Human Serviette radio show you just heard right there The Avengers not the band but the official play-by-play action highlights from the Boston Bruins 71-72 season we just skipped to the good part The End and coming up on the Nardwar the Human Serviette radio show interviews that I did or should I say People that I bumped into at South by Southwest, these people being the Black Lips, Katie Goodman of the Vivian Girls, and Ben Rayner, the photographer who just happened to be walking down the street and I happened to have my camera out. So we whipped out the camera, thanks so much Tyler, and captured a little street scene excitement from South by Southwest. So to prepare you for the Black Lips, Katie Goodman of the Vivian Girls, and Ben Rayner, we have some CCC from Italy with Islam Punk and then some Ethel Merman with No Business Like Show Business all on Denardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show here's C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-P Islam Punk
it's Nardwar the Human Serviette at South by Southwest 2011 in Austin, Texas. You never know who you'll bump into and oh my god, who are you? I'm Jared from the Black Lips. And Jared, who do you have beside you? This is Ben Rayner, my, one of my best good buddies. My band's called uh, Throwing Up. And I've seen you take photos of Best Coast. I have indeed. And you share your name with a guy in Toronto called... We're email buddies. I've never met him, but email buddies. He's at South by Southwest as well. I'd love to meet him. So we have Ben Rayner, and who else, Jared, do we have here? We have Katie Goodman. All the way on the... What? All the way on the left. All the way on the left. Katie Goodman from Vivian Gales and uh, La Serra. Amen. Katie, what can you say about South by Southwest 2011 versus something you recently all went on yeah. called the Bruise Cruise? What's the differences? Um, there's really no difference. It's ca they're kind of both a shit show. What were they though? Could you please explain? Well, right now, right now, I think we're on land, and uh, on the Bruise Cruise, we were out in, in outer space. And we didn't know where we were. We really is, you can't really escape anything. There's only one or two places to go here. At least you can you can get out of town, go to the east side. You can bounce if you want. But uh, it leads to more insanity being on the boat because we all... Is that where to go? Is that one bar, another bar? There's yeah. one bar, there's another bar. It's very insular. Whereas here, there's like, there's, there's, there's leaving. Bars. Who is this guy? What are you doing? I'm just chilling. What are y'all doing? I love chilling so much. What are you smoking, my friend? Let me get a hit of that. Sick. That's a cigarette. People sharing. Is there a lot of sharing, Jared, going on at South by Southwest 2011? Yeah, well, I mean, we share equipment with everyone. Like, my one of my favorite bands that's playing down here is called Davila 666. From Puerto Rico. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, they're, like, they're my favorite band besides Odd Future going right now in the spits. And uh, they're degenerates like us, so they don't have any equipment, so we let them use all of our stuff all the time. We're actually going to be letting them use all of our stuff on the Canadian dates with Vivian Girls. They're going to be using our amps and our guitars, because uh, I guess it's too expensive to come from San Juan to America to actually do that. So what do you think the ultimate moment for Jared was, or has been so okay. far? Okay. Uh, 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 the ultimate Jared moment for Jared was when uh, in London about two months ago and me and him did way too much ketamine and we both tried to uh, climb in a washing machine. I tried to explain uh, the, the, theory of the, the theory of the universe and the dimensions of a brain. Also another great time with me and Ben was when I explained to a, another person I choose people's nationalities this uh, hey I guess Swedish uh, Jared said this okay um, we were at a house party and we were throwing eggs at some dude who was like a bro who had dreadlocks I was playing guitar for a bunch of girls and we were jealous. And a lot of girls. And uh, we got kicked out of the house party, basically. We and, threw uh, tomatoes and eggs. Yeah, we threw tomatoes and eggs. And um, we got kicked out. And uh, Jared actually had to climb over a real, like, a 20-foot fence. And uh, the, 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 I was like, Jared was like, fuck off, you Swedish dickhead. And the dude's like, I'm not even Swedish. Be fun. Okay, anyway. He was English, but I the told him he was... Um, the I'm not even Swedish. And Jared's like, I'm going to choose your nationality right now. Swedish for fuck off is fifan. And Katie, you at South by Southwest, what is your penultimate moment? Like, you did the Vivian Girls Ultimate Trek. How many gigs were there that you played with the Vivian Girls? If you the was Vivian Girls? 
all together in the world? South by Southwest. Remember, the record apparently was you had the record. Well, can you tell the people about that? Oh, that's bullshit. We had the record. No. We had the record. Vivian Girls played 17 times last year. No, it wasn't last year. It was actually the year before that. But, like, it's, it remains with me in my heart. But then that band, day, day, month, month, year, yeah, year. We had 17 shows, but it included DJ sets. What does... That does not count. That does not count. We did 17 shows? Yeah. How many days? Five days. Okay, we did 12 and 3. Yeah, because day-day, month-month, year-year, they did 17 shows, but that included DJ sets, which does not count because all you have to, all you have to do, parent-friendly, is plug in your iPod and, like, choose some songs. That is not the same as, like, setting up and playing a show. So, therefore, we win... And, like, I'll never have to play another South by Southwest show as long as I live until tomorrow. Actually, I have to disagree with Katie right now because I feel like that we we did the first, like, what? crazy onslaught of... Uh, Black Lips. Uh, yeah. Vivian Girls played seven shows in one day. In Thursday, two years ago. Yeah, but we do screamy singing. It's hard. Yeah, but we sing like angels, which is harder. La, 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 la. Yeah, but we drink a lot. Yeah, but we drink more. Well, no, you don't. I don't think so. Well, let me uh, that's up for debate. I'm sorry, but like, I okay, think we I'm might drink more. I've drank you. I've drank way more than him. Oh. That might be true. But we don't do drugs. We're very... I know the dimension of the universe and the brain more than... I, I know the dimension of the universe. I'm kind of a cosmologist. And therefore, I would say that Vivian Girls win on the... Not doing drugs, drinking a lot, still singing like Celine Dion. I agree with that. Katie has a master's degree and is going for a PhD. And Canadian content, Celine Dion. Yeah, when they just covered a great... They made a, they made a Celine Dion song... That was shit. Sound amazing. Wait, 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 wait. Whose husband, Rene, played in a garage band called Les Baronets. I haven't heard them before. The guy that was like her grandpa that kind of like pseudo molested her. Yeah, they were more like a vocal choir type thing. But when we go back to your family, Jared, your musical family, I discovered your musical family at 2000, 2009. South by Southwest. What have you discovered this year at South by Southwest? I discovered your musical family, Jared. What can you quickly say about that? Well, actually, my father just came out of the closet. He's uh, a gay man. He's a bishop. Well, he wasn't. He's uh, uh, he got stripped of his title of bishop, which is fine because Christians are dicks. But amen. I hope we can only be so brave in our future. One ultimate. Actually, what I found in this South by Southwest is odd future. They're the they're the shit. Tyler, the creator, really is the creator, and I hope he gets all the fucking recognition in the world. Take out my curse word because I. Most exciting oh, thing since Wu Tang. Now you had some Wu Tang action, didn't you? Because this was an ultimate moment for South by Southwest. The Black Lips. Oh yeah, we like we're friends with Jizza, and we. Tried to play with him, but he did, we didn't practice together, and he didn't tell us what songs to play. So we kind of it didn't sound that great. But wasn't he kind of late too on stage? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you, Katie. But it wasn't that great. <laughs> but we're friends with him and like Raekwon and. Uh, but this year at South by Southwest, you know, there's always somebody circulating around. Wasn't last year the year of Bill Murray? Last year was the year of Bill Murray, but this year is the year. This year is the year of Aziz Ansari. With Bill Murray, can you clarify that a bit? He was everywhere. He was everywhere that I wasn't. I never ever even saw him. Danny here this year. Well, Danny DeVito, but actually, Bill Murray and Danny DeVito are like the two like 
ultimate like hipster like actors. <laughs> but how about this year? I heard it's all about Michael Cera. Is Michael Cera the new? I saw him like last night. But Michael Cera, wonderful boy. He seemed exactly like how he is in the movies. Last year, la like last night when I saw him. Can you explain now, what is Michael Cera doing at 2011 South by Southwest? He, he's being famous. But he's playing in a band, Jared. Yeah, that's cool. He's I mean, playing the banjo? I thought he's playing in a band with Nick from yeah, Islands. Yeah, yeah, he has that like Unicorns band or the Nick Diamonds or whatever. I haven't heard them, but uh, Bill Murray, is, you can't really touch him because, I mean, you start with Ghostbusters and all that stuff, and then what about Bob and... You're kind of beyond being a hipster then. You're just a legend. You can't fuck with that. You can't fuck with that. Michael Sarah has never made What About Bob. We have some people, Katie, asking you some questions. What? what is the question? What's the question? You're asking some questions. Oh, I want an iPhone charger. Um, I don't ha yet have an iPhone, but hopefully soon I will. So, what's the best part about South by Southwest? You. Really? Yes. Oh no. Eye contact. What is this? I'm, I will never look away. It's an eye stare contest. It's an eye stare contest. I'm not blinking. I'm also not blinking. Well, I don't know when this is going to end. It's never going to end. I mean, <laughs> until one of us, until one of us goes blind. Broke eye contact. That's not true. It wasn't on, it wasn't on camera. She broke eye contact. She broke eye contact. She wins. She wins. I would like to declare myself as the official eye contact winner. She wins. She wins. She wins. And you are the winner? Sarah. From? Austin. Sarah from Austin. Are you guys rapping? This is Jared from the Black Clips. You look like that guy from Where's Waldo. That's what you look like. Oh, I thought that was me. You yeah. look like him and you're, your mis you're mistaken. That's Jared. Have you seen this amazing strawberry jacket? All right. I want to make sure that there's enough content about Nardwar's amazing strawberry jacket. Look well, at this. Thank you, Katie. I really appreciate it. What that. do you have to say about your strawberry jacket? Well, I got it from Bursu's Angels in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. The owner of the shop, Bursu, set it aside for me. I walked in and she said, it's for you. It's a photograph of strawberries. And really, how can you go wrong there? Katie, you are amazing with the mic. Katie is amazing with the mic, even though she lost the staring contest. Well, she didn't really lose the steering contest. That's all. Very that's Scottish. all. Scottish. You got a very Scottish look, right? To wind up here, just here, with some black lip, some Ben Rayner, and some Vivian girl, new action called. La Sarah. La Sarah. Oh, I black lips. There's two called the Gay Blades. Out on Norton yeah, Records soon. And I get confused. There's another Gay Blades, isn't there? Yeah, yeah but they're like an electronic band. We have an E in the name. The thing that I really love about Black Lips is you're there for everything. Like, you play, you do the first kind of rap thing that I see with the Wu-Tang Clan, and then you play one of those vice parties. Yeah. The all-night vice party. What can you say, Katie and Jared, about the vice parties? Because that's another important part of South by Southwest, isn't it? The all-night one? Well, it's a prerequisite. Actually, the funny thing was, the first time we came to South by Southwest, we weren't allowed to get in the vice party, and we asked this girl from Atlanta if she could get us in. And she said... She said, no, no, I'm not going to say her name, but she said no, and she got fired, and now we're on Vice. And now we play the Vice parties. I think they're really neat, though, the Vice parties, the way that they go all night and stuff. But for bands playing South by Southwest, Katie, Ben, Jared, how hard is it? 
I paid $20 to get into the Vice party. And then the guy who runs Vice came up to me and he was oh, like, George. no hard feelings, eh? And I was like, okay. My buddy has only paid like, like house I paid, parties. I paid $20 to get into the Vice show. And then the people who run Vice were like, hey, Katie, sorry you paid that. Hope we're cool, eh? And I was like, all right, eh? How about for bands getting discovered? You know, a band comes to South by Southwest, hopes to be discovered. A lot of times the crowd leaves. They're not playing to a lot of people. I go back to this. I once saw the Gang of Four unannounced play a gig. It was free and it was free booze and people left after three songs. The Gang of Four. People are idiots. So is that what you got to say to people if they're going to leave for the Gang of Four to leave for everybody? I once saw the Gang of Four at this place called the Montague Arms, which Black Lips actually played once. Oh yeah. In South London, it has like animal heads all over the wall. Yeah, yeah, we got. Problems. I was to a gang four, and it was 15 people there. The only bands we're seeing here are La Sera, Davila Six Six Six, Throwing Up, and Odd Future, Wolf Gang, Kill 'Em All. Yeah, yeah. Wolf Gang, Wolf Gang. Go Flang. Well, thanks very much, Jared from the Black Lips. Ben Rayner, who shares another Ben Rayner, who I have met. Toronto Star. The Toronto Star, and Katie from K. Actually. From what? Cassara. Cassara. That's not even our name. I just like saying that. Lassara. Lassara. Cassara. Jared, can you describe the street scene here, late night here at South by Southwest? Anything else to add to the people? Well, I just want to say it's kind of gross. It's South by Southwest, and this makes me feel embarrassed about being in a band being here. And it's, it's and it's St. Patrick's Day, which sucks too. But everyone keep a dry lip and a clean pecker and you'll be all right. Okay, let me say something I'm passionate. Every person in America thinks they're Irish, but they're probably not. Um, I'm actually Irish and I'm embarrassed. Well, thanks so much for your time. Keep on rocking at South by Southwest 2011. And do do the loot do. Do do.
Lamore. I'm from And you're still listening to CITR Radio. Thank you, Mac Lamore, for reminding me to tell you you're listening to CITR FM 102, Cave 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and an Ardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, courtesy Beppy. Thank you, Beppy, for bringing that in. 
Ethel Merman Disco with Show Business. And before that, brand new from the Black Lips with Modern Art. And the Black Lips are coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada next week on the 15th. So, some more Black Lips actioning to be hurting next weeking in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Coming up right now, an interview with Tech Nine on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Chose to um, open up for EPMD at the Kemper Arena. And oh, after sorry, that we day, skipped I knew- a bit there. Who are you? Tech Nine, born and raised in Kansas City, Missouri, representing Strange Music, an independent label, sold over a million copies, no video, no radio, the number one independent rapper in the world, Tech Nine. Tech Nine, welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Totally, thank you for having me. And Tech Nine, you grew up in the 50s in KC? Uh, yeah, the, uh, you mean the blocks? Yeah, the 50s. Yeah, 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 the 50s, yeah, I grew up in the 50s, 58th Street is where I was, you know what I mean, where I ran into the 57th Street Road Dog Villains, and we did albums, and we made lots of, uh, money and fun. And what I was wondering, Tech Nine, was this particular combo right here, EPMD, was this your first gig? Whoa, this was the first um, contest I won. You know what I mean? Uh, I was still in high school and uh, I won a rap contest to open up for EPMD and uh, it fell on my graduation day. Mm, So I had to choose and I chose to um, open up for EPMD at the Kemper Arena and after that day, I knew what I was going to do for the rest of my life, and I guess I made the right choice. And your first rap was 1985, and it was sort of like ba 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 ba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like uh, non stopping rapping in the year of '85, but when the money dog dropping, yeah, something like that, man. It was like when I was in seventh grade, yeah, in 1985, yeah. Back to Kansas City, there. I would like to ask you, Tech Nine, and you can put that down for the moment, right there. What can you tell the people here about? DJ Fresh. Wow, the 50 MCs. This is crazy because this is like how I found out about my producer, my in-house producer, Seven. Wow, I don't even have one of these. Let me see. Where the, ready for the meat wagon. Where is it? Ready for the meat wagon. Number 13? Yeah, there it is. There, there, there it is. Number 11. Number 11. Right there. It's produced by Seven. You know what I'm saying? It has Ray D on it. I was in a group with Ray D called Pure Dope DJ Fresh. Kansas City's one of Kansas City's biggest DJs and best DJs, you know what I mean? And this is monumental right here. Man, nobody has this, dude. I mean, this is very, very old. I was young as hell on this. DJ Fresh was important for KC Rap, wasn't he? He still is. He still is, man. His brother is one of the biggest rappers in Kansas City, the popper. He has a younger brother. You know what I'm saying? Everything has to go through DJ Fresh. You know what I mean? He's um, the DJ in Kansas City, Missouri. And you're ready for the meat wagon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, I am the meat wagon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was wondering there, Tech Nine, Next Door Pizza. You have a pizza named after you. Wow, the Tech Nine Pizza. Actually, when I saw a picture of it, I'm like, ah, I don't know if I'd eat that, but I went. I took my kids there, uh, and we loved it. It's beautiful. It has all, all kind of red peppers on it and everything, man, but it's not totally hot. It's wonderful. It's a big, big red pizza because, you know, red's my color, and uh, people are going to enjoy it. They say people coming in and uh, order it all the time. My kids loved it. What about James Lemonade? Wow, that's Kansas City based. 
James. You know what I'm saying? It's like um. I first heard that in a song by Heat Mob. Wow. <laughs> Heat Mob. So I want some James lemonade. What's that like? It's really sweet, man. It's really sweet. They sell it in um, Quick Trips. Quick Trips are like 7-Eleven, you know what I'm saying, at home. You know what I'm saying? They sell it uh, at Quick Trips. You can get it in different flavors, lemon, uh, fruit punch, strawberry, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. It's wonderful. It's really sweet. It's a summer drink for sure. Here we are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Look and at, what are you doing there, Tech Nine? Uh, I'm looking at beautiful women. And sometimes you make beautiful women... Uh, looking at right out there. I'll make them scream like they just did. Watch. They, they might come back. Watch this. Sometimes they show things, don't they, Tech Nine? Can you? Yeah, they do. Ooh, areola. Ooh. Hold on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I had no idea when I was going to do the song Areola that it would actually make females take out their uh, boobies. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to steal your seat. Tech Nine, here we are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, but I want to take it all the way back to KC. Yeah, man. And a magazine that really is important, Murder Dog. Wow. Now, Murder Dog, we can tell people about Murder Dog and also how they love Kansas City. That's important, isn't it? Murder Dog. Well, Murder Dog, well, Black Dog Bone, he's the owner, and he really loves Tech Nine and Kansas City, man, and he's been showing us love throughout the years. And Murder Dog, man, you know what I'm saying? A wonderful street magazine as big as ever, man. You know what I'm saying? If, if, you're not in, if you're not in Murder Dog, people don't know too much about you because this is the streets right here. You know what I mean? Black Dog Bone. Tech Nine, on your brand new LP, you have some great collaborations, don't you? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I just, um, I did a song uh, with the Deftones on this one called um, If I Could. It's a beautiful song. They came together with us and did a beautiful song. I got Lil Wayne and T-Pain on one. Um, has, uh, I don't want to say the title because it has profanity in it, but uh, um, I did one with B.O.B. and Hobson on this one, one with Mint Condition, Stokely Williams of Mint Condition. Um, it just keeps going. Busta Rhymes, Twista, you know, it just, it's Yellow Wolf, it just keeps going. It's a wonderful album. And there's one person missing from your collaborations, isn't there, Tech Nine? Yeah, it was, man. It was. Uh, Eminem was supposed to do one. But um, he couldn't do it in the time frame that I needed it. You know what I'm saying? Because he's a busy person. But there's another person missing, and I have a gift for you from the person that's missing. Okay. It was another person that was missing named CeeLo. He didn't, he didn't do it, you know what I'm saying? Because he was busy. No, it wasn't CeeLo. It wasn't Eminem. Who is it? This is a gift from the person that wanted to be on your new LP, Blowfly. Wow. How was, how, who told you that he wanted to be on my album? Blowfly wants to be on your new LP. And Blowfly's rap. This is important for you. This goes deep for Tech 9 doesn't it? Yeah, man. Rap dirty, man. Wow. Blowfly. That's big, man. It's one of the first rap songs I've ever heard. You know, down in Wayne Minor, where I grew up, you know, in the projects before I moved into the 50s. And this is like one of the first songs I heard with a boot a loot a loot a loot a loot a loot a loot a rap dirty. You know what I'm saying? And that's a gift for you. That's crazy. This is mine? That's for you to keep. This is original, man. And we have a message for you from Blowfly. Where is Blowfly? Check out the computer right here. We have a message for you from Blowfly. Yo, Tech. Whoa. Tech 9? <laughs> I bet that's because you don't fuck nine bitches in about two minutes. Anyway, this is your guy, Blowfly. I heard when you was a little kid, you got in trouble by listening to one of my records, Rap Dirty. Yeah. That's why you're special and you're full of soul. You know, you and I should get together. I'm serious, and do the song I have in mind of doing. You know, go shock the world, and that's what they love being shocked. 
Until then, Tech, see you later. This is Blowfly. And stay away from tip smelling fish smelling well wishing no dishing discharging crap much and bitches. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So what do you think, Tech Nine? Are you gonna do it with Blowfly? I'm gonna get in touch with Blowfly for real, man. I gotta have him say something on my album, man. That is so that is super crazy, man, that you got that, man. Blowfly to you, to Tech Nine. He wants to work with you. Can you address Blowfly right now if he's watching this? Blowfly, I'm gonna get in. I'm gonna get in contact. If they found you, that means I can find you. I'm gonna get your contact from them. We're gonna hook up. We're gonna build on something, brother. Wow. Thanks for the record too. Now, Tech Nine, right behind you. Who'd you have in the room here? It's Chris Calico, man. That's the genius right there, man. He's he he he, he he's better than me. <laughs> Better mind. Nah, oh, man. You already know, man. The genius Chris Gallico, man. Now, Chris, come over here for a second if you could still be in the house here at our Tech Nine. What is the importance of the Munsters to Chris? Oh, yeah, man. I used um, the, I, I used the same instruments and uh, misunderstood wow. for the Munsters, man. Yeah, I used the same instruments, man. The the, the organ and, uh, you know, the drum feelers. Yeah. And the guitar. Yeah, and the guitar. The little... I use it. It's the, it's the same instruments they use in the Monsters theme song. That's tight. That's crazy. Now, Chris is from KC. Totally. Born. And Tech Nine is from KC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to bring it to KC with kind of a Bay Area flavor. What can you tell the people about the Mac Dre? Wow. Mac Dre, man, one of the homies, man. You know what I'm saying? I met him in KC at a strip club called Satin Dolls, man. And he came up to me. He was way taller than me. He's like, hey, man, I've been trying to get at you through Yuck, man. I said, whatever you need, bro, just let me know. And I went on tour shortly after that, and I guess he got into some stuff in Kansas City, and uh, he died in Kansas City. But his, his soul still lives on through us. We still do a um, shout out to him on our stage every night. You know, what I'm saying a song called "Bout to Bubble." You know what I mean? And everywhere I go, people are throwing up the this sign. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace, Mac Dre, all day, all night. The bobblehead is wonderful too. Kansas City is a unique place, isn't it, Chris? Yes, it is, man. It is. It's, it's the home of jazz, man, and 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 a, and a lot of different things. But it's it's surely unique, man. And it's been looked at even more uniquely because of us nowadays, man. It's not not being uh, uh, um, pompous, but for real. Well, that's what I was saying. Like Kansas City knows rap. Is it true that Angelic sold twenty thousand copies in Kansas City alone? Yeah, the first day, man. You know, I mean, the first week. Yeah, right. right in Kansas City. That's incredible. Right in your hometown. Yeah, it's a lot of love in Kansas City, man. And that's a blessing because a lot of people say it's a city of hate. You know, they'll let you know, boo. You know, a lot of people start their tours, used to start their tours off there in Kansas City to see how they would go everywhere else because they knew the crowd would let you know if it was good or not. And it's a big thing to be called the Kansas City King or even have people have have you be in their good graces. You know what I mean? Because they're critical in Kansas City. You got to be good. It's really great, Tech Nine, that you acknowledge other kings, don't you, and other hoods. Oh, totally, man. Totally, man. I'm not the only king, man. It's you know, saying it's it's a lot of other people there, man. Um, like, you help out this particular king right here. I'd like to ask you about, did you buy records from Just Ice? Whoa. You helped out Just Ice, didn't you? Didn't you buy some records from him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought, I bought, I, bought, uh, I paid for a verse for him. Uh, I mean, like. I thought he sold you some records, some of his vinyl. Yeah, he did. That's right. That's right. Damn. I didn't even I didn't remember that. Yeah, he did. Uh like um six CDs. I think it was like four no, six five or six CDs he got me. This is my homeboy, Justice. But 
to you is just ice all day, all night, man. We kick it when we out in New York. I ain't seen him in the last couple times I've been out there, but he sent me all those albums, man. You know what I'm saying? When I paid for them, it was good. You know what I'm saying? You got to pay like you weigh. You feel me? And I did, and he's a homie. How did you know that? Because you're Tech Nine. Oh, okay. <laughs> But also, Chris sampled some Munsters. You got some Munsters influence. Yeah, I got the I got the Munsters influence. Right. And now back to Tech Nine. Tech Nine, you sampled the good old Slick Rick. Uh. Dysfunction. Dysfunctional. Nah, that ain't Slick Rick and Ed, is it? I don't think so. I don't think it's anything from Slick Rick and Ed. What? Oh, you- there is. I heard it was dysfunction. There's a tiny little bit of Slick Rick in there. Maybe I'll say something. I don't know. Maybe it's a quote from Slick Rick or something. I don't know, though. I want you to get stumped because I never, I see you, I watch all your interviews, dude. And you never, nobody ever stumps Narwar, man. There's no Slick Rick connection to Tech Nine. There is, isn't there? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Me, where I first got that quick flow, lick the balls. You know what I'm saying? Um, don't worry about a thing, just make sure nobody sees us. Slick Rick is the reason why I rap fast. And people were like, what? Slick Rick? Yeah, because he was the one that showed me that style. We're rich, we're rich, we're going to have whatever would please us. And I just just doubled up on it. You know what I'm saying? And he's the reason why I did that. That's what I'm talking about. Here we are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada with Tech 9 and Chris. Chris Calico, Cali, baby. Now, Tech Nine, back again to Kansas City. You once run Perspective Records. Yes, I was with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. You know, that's like Janet Jackson's hitmaker. Yeah, 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 yeah. They- what happened? You had Janet Jackson on your team, and Alma's unreleased Janet. Well, they were too busy messing with Janet. You know what I'm saying? So they had other people running their label that uh, didn't really understand what we were doing at the time, rapping backwards. It's off nobody know. You know what I'm saying? So it was hard for us to. Get an album out, so it did not work. When was the last time I saw Janet Jackson? I thought that was when she was with Mike Tyson. Did you see Mike yeah. Tyson and Janet together? Yes, I did at the Velvet Rope um, lot party in LA, I think it was. And uh, Mike Tyson was there, Seal was there, Brownstone was there, Janet was there, so many people was there. I, I saw Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis that night, gave them hugs. They're like, What you doing now? I'm like, Oh, I'm just chilling, you know what I mean? And I was working on music with Quincy Jones at that time. So, Tech Nine, here we are with Chris in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, on the tour bus. Yes, we are. Kicking it like a donkey. We kicked it entirely too hard last night. Let me see if I got any liquor left. I damn near drank. Me and the people drank all the Hennessy. Um, got peanut butter. I loved it. That's oatmeal. That's my favorite. Oh, I just had some today, and I dipped it in the peanut butter, man, and it was really good. So, here we are on the bus. Could you guys please explain what is this a particular picture of right here, Tech Nine? Oh, that's uh, my album cover, <laughs> um, Killer. But particularly, what is the wheel doing there? Oh, it's a big, big diesel. You know what I'm saying? A big, big, big diesel that we use to carry our stage props and everything when we're on tour, and a lot of our merchandise also. You know what now, I mean? you were having this when you were on tour, and then Michael Jackson passed away? Yeah. Yeah, dang. Yeah, he did. While well, we had that, and that was kind of like him paying homage to Michael Jackson yeah. while we're on tour. Was that kind of weird to have Michael Jackson pass away and then the next day? It was weird. It was weird. It was weird that I was doing Killer, and while, while I was about to come out, he was doing a 50 year anniversary of Thriller or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was coming out, and Kanye did stuff on it. All. Like it was, I thought it was crazy that we were on the same wavelength. You know what I'm saying? It was time for me to do the Killer thing. You know what I'm saying? And he was doing Thriller, but we were doing it at the same time and then when we're on tour doing this he was gone you know what i'm saying what's happened on this tour man is that we um 
we were watching. Remember him, Michael Jackson in like Singapore? Yeah, yeah. We were sitting here watching him, and I said to Tech, I told him, I said, man, when he dies, yeah, the whole world is gonna go crazy. I was like, man, I got a weird feeling, man, like he gonna die soon, man, and it's gonna turn the world on his ear. He died like right after that, like. So what was it like when you rolled into a town with this on the bus? Tell him, tell him. You know what's funny? The really the funniest thing on the, uh, that happened wasn't that they were making the Michael Jackson reference. It was that that they were. Um, they thought because he has a straight jacket on here that he was an escape artist. The truck, the and they truck, thought, the truckers, the, truck. the truckers. Like we pull into the way stations or into the and, and into the truck uh, stops, and they would say, "Is that guy a magician?" And so we started calling him da- the Great Dondini because uh, his family calls him uh, Dantes, and so we would call him the Great Dondini. So every time we see this, we go Dondini. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Tour bus tales with Tech Nine and Chris. Totally, all day, all night. The Great Don. Dini right here. The, the truckers is like um, they said. They, they said, um, uh, what is he? He's a magician. And our bus driver say, no, he's a rapper. He's like, he's a rapper. <laughs> like I don't look like a rapper right there. I don't know. What about airlines? Do you guys get special treatment at all from Southwest Airlines? <laughs> Not me. Maybe, maybe Travis. No, we do. You do? We do sometimes. Yeah, we get free drink cards all the time, dude. We get free. Travis sit down on it. The- yeah, but we get now. If Trav got. Special treatment because they trying to make him pay for two seats before. But I'm talking about good special treatment. We get on there sometimes and they've given us um, free drink cards because oh, we're yeah, in the they have to because people spill um, coffee on them. That's why. Uh, that was Midwest. Midwest Airlines spilled coffee on me, like right on my shoulder, a hot pipe and hot cup. But they didn't give us. They only gave us some free snacks. Like I, I didn't sue them or nothing. You know. You got a, you got a lot of snacks though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Tech Nine, another person I wanted to ask you about is Sway. I never realized the importance of Sway. Sway and King Tech. Oh, totally, man. If it wasn't for them, I would have never met Eminem. I would have never met um, Tino XL, Crooked Eye, uh, KRS One, everybody. You know what I'm saying? Kooji Rap. They um, put me on the Wake Up Show, you know what I'm saying, when I was signed with Quincy Jones in 97, then 98. Um, in 99, I was connected with them. You know what I mean? And we did the anthem in 99. And uh, now Sway does things on MTV. And we just had dinner in uh, New York uh, about him coming to Kansas City, man, and doing like an MTV thing on Tech Nine in Kansas City, man. Much love to King Tech. I just did the the new anthem with him. A wonderful days. This is my family for life. Did you almost die on a Cypress Hill tour in '99? Uh, yeah, I did, uh, it wasn't a Cypress Hill tour, but they were performing at, um, in San Bernardino, we were there, and I did 15 pills in one night, and, uh, of ecstasy, and I almost died of dehydration, and I've been clean for four years, you know what I mean, my kids, thank God to my kids, because if it wasn't for them, I probably would have still been on it. But my little ones seeing me like that, you know what I mean, made me want to jump off and be a better person. And uh, my body sometimes misses the ecstasy. I can feel it sometimes, but I found something that makes me feel just like it, a beautiful woman. That doesn't sound too fun, but on tour, something that <laughs> something that is fun is Chris signing babies. Yeah, I sign babies. Like I- signing babies. Can you explain that? Um, people bring their kids to the in stores, man, and they hold their babies up. They hold their babies up to be signed. I'm, I don't, I don't do the, uh, I don't do the Talladega Nights and sign on the forehead. But yeah, I, I've signed quite a few babies and boobies. Now, I was wondering, 
Tech Nine clean versions. You played a Spirit Fest in Kansas City. Yes, I did, man. You, when you play Spirit Fest, you have to do clean versions. How do you do a clean version? Uh, it's easy, man. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 we don't have to curse. You know what I mean? Like, what, what's an example? How would you change something to make it clean? Like Einstein. Yeah. Who got this mother house on lock? You know what I'm saying? You don't say it. You know what I mean? Yeah. One person I hope that you sample is Bill Withers. You sample Bill Withers. And I got sued for it because we did not pay for the sample. But now we all good. It was on Killer. <laughs> Yeah, it's wonderful. You better talk to Billy. His daddy died today. Oh, that's what the future holds in me. That's what that song was. Off, yeah. Anything else you want to add to the people out there, Chris or Tech Nine? Uh, yeah, man. And um, we are the best thing since uh, sliced bread and squeezed milk, man. Chris Calico at Tech Nine, man. You know. And Blowfly. And Blowfly. And this is by far the best interview I've had in years. Yes, man. Well, thanks so much. Keep on rocking in the free world and do do the loot do do do. Keep on rocking in the free world. Keep on rocking in the free world. Keep on rocking in the free world. My voice is hoarse. That's why I sound like Axel Rose. My rap was dirty and my line was mean, and now it's time for Blowfly's thing with a boot a doot 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 a
I'm gonna dedicate this instrumental to her. All the swinging, I mean, all the swinging chicks around the state. You know, like Georgia. <laughs> What about Alabama? listening to the Nardwar the Human Serviette radio show that there just was blowfly with rap dirty and before that an interview with tech 9 to end the Nardwar the Human Serviette radio show I wanted to play something that was sent to me by a listener Martin Strong Martin thanks so much for sending this to me and for all the other listeners out there Please do what Martin does. Send me MP3s. Would love to get them. Martin was listening to the show, heard my interview with Don Cherry that I played a little while back, and he sent me a hockey-related song. It's by Billy Van, and it's the Golden Jet. So thank you very much, Martin, for sending it. We're going to play it right now to end the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show. Thank you again, Martin. Keep on rocking in the free world, and... Billy Van, do 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 do. A jet propelled star, a scoring sensation, a powerhouse winger, the craze of the nation, a prolific scorer, a skater supreme. A classy stick handler, a coach's dream. A goal game is a fantastic clip that had his power and pulsating zip. Had his stamina, 
perfection and brilliance at will. His quality, dignity, and class. Setups refuse, cause he'd rather pass. At his games of hat tricks, three or four, even five goals could be in Of old, 50 for silver. 